In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, How to Become a Social Engineer, Part 2. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be continuing our exploration of how to become a social engineer with Chris Hadnagy. So how would someone go about like starting to kind of uh, train or become a social engineer? Like what's, what's step one? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really good, again, a good question. I say that a lot, but it's a good question and a question that I get really, really often when it comes to, um, to our websites, because I think everybody wants a clear cut answer. The, the, the sad answer is that there is no one singular path to becoming a social engineer. Um, the, so he, here's the, here's a couple paths to, to being an SE. The, the long path, right, is um, getting hired by a company, a pen test company that does social engineering and working. And usually that's going to mean starting at the bottom, right, unless you got a lot of pen test skill. And then working on the SE uh, part of that team until you get the skill up and are able to accomplish uh, multiple different types of vectors and understand the how and all that stuff and understand the why um, and and then branch out into you know into uh, a company maybe that does more SE or your own company. Um, that's one that's one path. Uh, the second path is of course starting your own company. Um, the the challenges with that of course are that you are uh, now having to build and establish a name, which is not always easy to do. Right. So uh, think about what what you're asking companies to hire you to do. You're asking companies to hire you to let to let you hack their people. Uh, there's a lot of trust there, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of trust. Kind of like um, I use this analogy often, but it's kind of like going to a, a martial arts or boxing coach. You know, you wanna you wanna learn how to fight. You wanna make sure you're gonna go to a person who's not only skilled and good, but is gonna treat you properly and with respect, because you don't want to get into a, a practice ring with a guy who's gonna kill you with one hit. Right, and you don't want to get into the ring with a guy who has no skill and he can't teach you how to fight at all. So, um, starting your own company, although is attractive, and a lot of people do it, it's a it's a hard path and it may be a long path. So, if you got the patience, that I suggest that. Um, and then a, another thing I need to bring up is some of the questions I get is like, what should you take in in college and what should you take in university if you're trying to practice or study to be a social engineer. And uh, uh, sadly, there's not many universities. I don't know about worldwide, but I could talk about in the U.S. I've only, I've only heard of a couple that actually have programs that help um, students learn the skills of social engineering, so they graduate with some, some of those skills. And I don't think it's necessary that you, you know, have a major in psychology. But I will say that I think psychology will help. I think that uh, understanding some of the some of the psych will definitely help. Um, understanding, like a, I tell people, debate team. Uh, definitely can help. Acting class could definitely help. Um, and then because we're also doing pen testing, having some of those technical back skills, you know, they're not necessary, but they definitely will help improve your ability to have your own business or work on a team of pen testers. Yeah, no, that, that's good. I, I especially like that you pointed out like psychology and acting and would you say public speaking maybe? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Toastmasters is something I've done myself. 
And um, and I tell people if you're not if you're not in university and you're out and you're already and you're an adult and working and you want these skills, Toastmasters is a great way to get yourself um, um, in front of a crowd, talking to complete strangers and having to to talk on the fly about topics that you may not be fully comfortable talking about. Uh, what what exactly is Toastmasters? Uh, so Toastmasters is a club. Thanks for asking. That's a, it's a club, kind of like. Um, uh, like going to an improv class, you know, but you sign up for Toastmasters and, and they meet. Uh, it's kind of like an ISSA, right? So a bunch of people meet in chapters that are local to you and everyone gets assigned a topic to do public speaking. And you may only be given a five or 10 minute time slot. And sometimes you have time to prepare. Sometimes you're given a topic and it said, OK, Tim, next week you're going to give us a speech on, you know, the five principles of influence. Um, and then some weeks you go. And you get handed a slip of paper and you're like in five minutes, you're getting in front of the audience and you're talking about, you know, the philosophies of Socrates, you know, <laughs> and you're given a piece of paper with some knowledge on it. You got to get up and you have to give a speech in front of the crowd about a topic that you're handed. And it's it's a it's a repetitive, continual process where you learn how to talk in front of strangers about topics and you're given critiques, right? So it's not just you get up there and everyone laughs at you. You're given uh, critiques to help you improve in public speaking. Uh, everything from how to project your voice and breathe to how to stand and non-verbally issue confidence and also how to use proper pausing so you don't have what they call word whiskers, you know, where people, when they get nervous, they go, um, uh, um, uh, we all do it. I do it. Um, but I just did it right there. But when you... But when you are taught, you use them less, and, right. and it helps build confidence in the people that are hearing you speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think doing—I'd even say doing podcasts, especially if you're having to listen back to yourself. Because I remember my very first podcast as a school project. I went and cut out us and ums, and it was like five <laughs> minutes worth of uh and ums in like a thirty-minute time frame. And I was like, I need to work on that. Yeah. So yeah, that's and I think that's something that people don't pick up on. Um, because I know about it now, I once counted a professor that did, had like 67, uh, and ums in a 10 minute period. Cause that's all wow. I could focus on. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, that's like six to seven. That's like one every 10 seconds. It was, it was, yeah. And, um, and the, the struggle comes in how it affects the person listening to you. Right? right. So now the person hearing you all of a sudden is lacking confidence. They're wondering, what is this guy talking about? And the only time it works is if you're supposed to be nervous because of your pretext. Mm-hmm. Right, you're running late. You're on a job interview. Then maybe having a few ums and ahs isn't bad because you you sound and look the part of being nervous. But if I walk in and I'm supposed to be the, you know, elevator repairman and I'm supposed to know where I'm going and I haven't here because I'm I'm told to be here, and all of a sudden I'm umming and ah uh, and I'm not really sure. You ask me a question. You know, where do I work? I'm uh well um I need to look at this paper. It, you just lost confidence, and that lack of confidence creates. The ability for the target to think, and anytime your target is thinking, you're most likely losing as a social engineer. Yeah, yeah, I like the, I like those practice uh, tips. I, I, it also feels like just kind of getting out there and interacting with people. I know which is hard for introverts. Are there any kind of recommendations can you feel for people that are just kind of shy about that? Yeah, yeah, and, and you're 100 percent right about what you said. Um, I, I tell people all the time that when you go and you want to learn how to be a social engineer, don't focus on, I need to go get their passwords. I need to get their credit card numbers. I need, don't focus on that. Start off with, I just need to go start a conversation with two people today. So you're an introvert and you want to be an SE. 
or you're not an introvert and you want to be an SE, but you're not naturally conversational, then make a goal. Today, when I go out, I'm going to have a conversation with two people. It doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes. Just make that a goal. Now, when you feel comfortable with that, add a goal to it. So today, I'm going to start a conversation with two people, and I'm going to learn the names of their kids. Right? And, and you have to now do this in a non-creepy way. You have to learn how to elicit the information. When you get that, I'm going to go start a conversation with one person today, and I'm going to get their date of birth. And you continually increase your goals until having a conversation with a complete stranger and getting information seems natural and normal. And when you can do that, you are light years ahead at being a social engineer than the average person because that's that's most of what social engineering is, is learning how to have a conversation with people while eliciting information out of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, just having been to other conferences outside of security recently – I think one of the things the security community does really well is we like to congregate in the halls and have conversations <laughs> and meet with people. You don't like I go to a developer conference. I was just at one a couple of weeks ago. They don't do that. They all go to the talks, whereas at security conferences, everybody's yeah. hanging out in the lobby or the hallway. Lobby con. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like this is fairly obvious, but I think it is something we should mention is um, for practicing. Don't actually break into an organization. Oh my, yeah. I think I think that is a good. It's a good thing to mention because you'd hate for someone to. Yeah, practicing social engineering doesn't mean that you have to practice hacking humans. Uh, if you want to practice being a social engineer, just start with the basics. Conversation that does not leave a person feeling worse for having met you. My motto is: leave people feeling better for having met you in everything that you do. So if you're having a conversation to practice your SE skills, make sure the quote-unquote flags you're going for are nothing that are too personal or private that are going to make someone feel bad later on. Because if you're good at building rapport, you can get a stranger to tell you anything. I mean literally anything. I've gotten complete strangers to tell me PIN numbers, passwords, bank accounts. But if you're not doing this as part of a job, later on when they go home and they're sitting down and they're thinking about their day – man, I met this really nice guy. What did he say? His name was Chris. Oh, wait, I gave him my my password. And now they start feeling bad. And you don't want that. You don't want that, especially if you're practicing where you live and you may bump into that person again. So what you want to do is make sure that the flags that you develop for yourself are things that you're not going to worry about um, somebody thinking about later on. Yeah, no, Absolutely. So when would you say you know you're a social engineer? Ooh. Wow, that's a really hard question because I don't know if I have a great answer to that. Well, maybe um, maybe, maybe that's the answer. It's just it's a continual thing. It is. You know, I I I'm trying to think about that for myself. When I realized I was a social engineer, I can go back almost a decade. I was working with OFSEC, I was their ops manager. We were doing uh, training and pen testing and things like that. And and I just knew that was my skill set because that's where I was most comfortable. I, I wasn't great at Python. I wasn't great at exploit dev, but I had no problem talking to strangers. I had no problem writing phishing emails. I had no problem understanding those concepts. And not only did I have no problem with it, but I found the challenge comforting. And I found it to to give me fulfillment in my in my job role. And then as I pursued it more and more, it never got old and boring. It never became a task for me. And I think for me that that kind of 
indicated when I knew that I was that this was who I am. This is what I was going to do with my life. Um, when when that realization came upon me that this was something that it didn't get boring, it didn't get old. So many jobs I've had in the past, uh, you know, after I hit a certain level, I felt that I mastered it or I learned all I could, and then it became boring. Um, this I've been doing this now for over a decade, and I'm still loving every day and not finding it boring at all. That's awesome. So what resources are available for learning more about becoming a social engineer? Uh, well, this is going to sound very self-promotional, but um, uh, the social-engineer.org site is a free resource site that we built. Uh, over the last decade, I've been working on the framework, and it's uh, completed but always being updated. Um, and the, the framework there, if you just click on the framework button, has uh, a list of all the uh, stories, principles, uh, uh, everything from psychology to physiology that I feel makes up a, a social engineer. And that kind of framework will help define that. Uh, but we also have the podcast there, the newsletter, as well as blog posts. And everything that we talk about is centered around social engineering. Um, and one of the best resources on that page is, uh, is we take a list of books that we have read as a team or that our podcast guests have read and recommended, and we put them in the resource section. And a lot of those books uh, are not SE-related, but they have the skills that help you become a better SE, like Influence from Robert Cialdini, or um, um, What Everybody is Saying from Joe Navarro, or Emotions Revealed from Dr. Ekman, um, Alan Langer's books, uh, Alan, uh, Langer's book, sorry. Uh, all of these different kinds of books that are listed there really help to, to solidify those skill sets. So, that's one that's one resource that I know because you know I'm part of it that can really help people to become a, a better SE. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't already discussed? Well, uh, you can come out to the SE Village too. We have one at DEFCON mm -hmm. and at DerbyCon. That's a that's a big deal now. So that's a great resource because not only are we there, but there's all like-minded people in the room. So if you're really into social engineering. Uh, it's a great place to meet um, enthusiasts as well as other companies that are hiring or that are looking for social engineers. So it's a, you know, if you're looking to get into the field, it's a great place to meet and greet and, and um, learn a little more about those who may want to, to hire. When you have the registration open for the social engineering CTF. That is open now, if you can believe that. Um, as We have over 100 people already signed up for the CTF. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, and uh, and I'm glad you asked that question because it made me think of one other thing. We also have our CFP open for for uh, DEFCON, uh, SE Village. And uh, a lot of people go, oh, I don't want to talk there. I don't know. You know, I'm not worthy of talk. Don't think that way. Look, if you have a topic, something you've learned – we're not the normal uh, hacker com. We're not looking for you to get up there and talk about some big hairy exploit that you built. I want to hear about people skills. I want to hear about psychology. I want to hear about something that you figured out that we can utilize in our industry. Uh, we've had professors, teachers, law enforcement, and all sorts of in-betweens uh, speak at the SE Village. So that CFP is open now too. There's only 14 slots available every year. So we just encourage people to to fill it out Give us some detail and see if we can make that work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, Chris, what, we, what else would you like to plug? Well, I think that's that's about it. I mean, you got the .org. Uh, you could check out our corporate site at social-engineer.com if you'd like to do that. My Twitter is humanhacker. Um, that's where you can get a lot of information from me, at least. And um, I'm not really sure. I think 
You did a great job. Talk about innocent lives a little bit. Oh, if you want me to do that, I'm always up for that. Up to you, man. Okay. You can plug whatever you want. You can plug anything. I don't know. You can plug about your new underwear line. (laughs) I don't have one of those. Not yet. Not yet. Um, But maybe, maybe next year. (laughs) But for for now, (laughs) I'll tell you. That'd well, be some sweet swag to hang out with. I'm not sure. Like the, the, uh, the, the shell coat in the head all over some boxers. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't want to picture that. Um, one of the things that, that occurred over the last few years in, in my career is, um, you know, and it's not really a great, a great topic, but it has a, a good ending, is um, doing some, some work for different organizations. We uncovered employees that were involved in child exploitation, mainly uh, the production and sales of child pornography. And um, we were able to, through through social engineering skills, um, not only help capture them, uh, but a, a few of them are in prison due to our work. Um, and, and you know, you're not, you don't want to be happy about somebody being in prison, but these people I am, uh, you know, they, they deserve everything they get uh, for what they've done to these kids. And uh, the the work was intensive. It was time consuming. It was mentally draining, but it was also rewarding in the sense that here's some skills I never thought I'd be able to use for anything, but you know, just hacking companies. And here I am um, helping get people off the street that are hurting children. So uh, last year, uh, actually at last DefCon, DefCon uh, 25, I launched the Innocent Lives Foundation. That can be found at innocentlivesfoundation.org. And uh, it's geared towards um, getting white hat hackers, so people from our community who are interested in, in helping with this problem. And we unmask, we uncover, we don't hack things, we don't do illegal things because we're working with law enforcement where you know we're trying to do this on the up and up and uh, totally legal. So we are using uh, white hat hacking skills and social engineering skills to uncover and unmask people who are exploiting children on the internet. And then all of that information goes to the federal government, and they're using it for their investigations and arrests. Um, we, we've only started, like I said, since since last year, since um, uh, we, we launched it in, uh, in DEF CON 25. And uh, we've, we're running total. It's a, it's a pure 501, uh, 501c3, so it runs purely off of donations, uh, donated funds. We've already produced um, over 10 files. Uh, that have been sent to the FBI, and each one of those files represents a person that has been taken from a predator to an actual real live name, um, and 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 sent that to to the federal government. So we're, uh, you know, we're excited about the work. Uh, we have over 290 volunteers in the data in the database right now, and on February 2nd, actually 2:2 at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're hosting a free webinar, the whole board of uh, the ILF, which the board is made up of myself, um, a lawyer, Tim Maloney, who's um, big into nonprofits, and the lead singer of the band Clutch, Neil Fallon, is on the board. Uh, the three of us will be hosting a free webinar, um, which I can send you the link for, that will uh, talk about our work, what we're doing next, what kind of help we need, and what the next steps are. And that will be on uh, February 2nd at 2 p.m. Yeah, that'd be and great. The Twitter for that is Innocent Org, by the way. Innocent Org on Twitter. Okay. And and your account on Twitter is? Human Hacker. Human Hacker. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining me, Chris, uh, to discuss how to become a social engineer. Thanks so much, Tim. That will do it. Hopefully you learned something. Feedback is welcome at Timothy 
timothydblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash E-I-S. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. Have a good one.